0: Welcome to Divorce Stories with attorney Dennis Vetrano, the show for people that want real answers to real divorce questions from a real divorce lawyer. And now here's your host, attorney Dennis Vetrano. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Divorce Stories. I'm your host, divorce attorney Dennis Vetrano. Once again, I mean, we're on a real roll here. We have another amazing guest for you today, Leah Marie Mazur. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Mazer. Pretty close. Mazer. okay. so I tried. So, you know, first stab at it. Not 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 so good. So she's a divorce recovery coach for women as a certified divorce recovery coach and owner of Mindfully Ready. Her mission is helping women use their divorce as an opportunity to learn how to love themselves and create an amazing life. She helps women recover and rebuild after divorce through one on one coaching. I came across Leah Marie's TikTok page and her amazing videos. And when I came across it, I said, I must talk to her. I absolutely have to talk to her. And I will say the the ABCDEFU video is what dragged me in. Oh, it was so good. (laughs) So so why don't you talk to our listeners about your journey and tell them what led you to do what you do?
1: Yeah. So uh, personally, I've been divorced twice. I, I learn everything the hard way. And so Um, After kind of pulling myself out of those patterns I was trapped in for years, relationship patterns, um, I I decided that I wanted to help everybody else that was stuck like that. I, I felt like I didn't want any woman to feel the way that I felt. And if I could use my lessons learned and share that information with them to help them move forward faster and really find that self-love and self-acceptance, then I want to do it. And so it just became a passion
0: of mine. Yeah, that's amazing. And you actually have you you actually have a TikTok video that synopsizes that, I think, and it it does a really good job of it. Can you talk to us about that video and like the the ping ponging back and forth? Forgive the expression of like Mm -hmm. one one end of the spectrum relationship to another end of the spectrum relationship? Because I think that's so unique and there's so much to be observed and learned from that experience, that journey.
1: Yes. So I had, like many people, unfortunately, I had a lot of trauma um, in my life, I, uh, my mother had died of an asthma attack in our home, I was only 16. Um, And then a few years after that, I uh, was in a relationship a very, very narcissistic relationship of psychological abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. Um, And when I after when i had gotten out of that relationship my father died within the year and so oh, in no. a 5 years yeah by the time i was 21 parents are gone i have no siblings i'm just kind of floating around on the planet figuring out how this thing called life works right. so so after that narcissistic relationship my self esteem and confidence were shot i was completely lost i didn't know who i was as a person So naturally, I thought, well, I want to find somebody exactly the opposite of you, right? I need somebody who's going to be nice to me and somebody who's going to take care of me. So I ended up after kind of breaking up, uh, you know, a few times back and forth, um, marrying a friend of mine who helped me out of that narcissistic relationship because he was a a good guy. Um, And I was still pretty young and I didn't know myself I didn't know what I wanted who I was I really knew nothing I nothing about what a, a healthy relationship looks like right respect communication so I wound up being in a relationship with somebody who I cared about but I wasn't physically attracted to and wasn't aligned with on so many levels you know mentally emotionally physically spiritually <laughs> He was somebody who was a good friend, but that doesn't make them a compatible partner. So our relationship wound up being more us against each other than us against the world. So when I got out of that relationship, I I did the thing that you're not supposed to do, which is hop right into another relationship. So it was with somebody that I was really attracted to. And I thought, oh, well, this is great, right? And then we rushed into the relationship. And then again, realized, okay, this isn't healthy. Like there's uh, verbal abuse, there's uh, trust issues. There's things that are just not okay here. So when I got out of that relationship, again, this is the pattern I was trapped in. I hopped right back on a dating site because I just didn't know how to be alone after having those abandonment issues from losing my mom, losing my dad, being in that narcissistic relationship. I really, truly just didn't know how to be by myself. So I hopped right back on those dating apps. And the first person I went on a date with, we ended up getting married. He moved in within like three months, you know, eight months deep, we were engaged. And so then here I was again, in a relationship with a good guy, not it was an abusive relationship. But it again, became like us against each other, we couldn't agree on anything. We we weren't good teammates, we couldn't accomplish things, we didn't have the same goals, the communication wasn't good. There was a lot of trust issues, there was some, you know, a lot of lying on their end. And so there was trust problems. So that was really my tipping point is when I realized I needed to get divorced again, I remember falling to my knees in my bedroom and crying and being just embarrassed. And I couldn't I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this again and that was when I really said, all right Leah, you gotta do something different here like if you want right. a different result you've got to do something different And that's when I did the scary thing and I, I forced myself to just be alone and and figure it out and I knew yeah. that I had to be able to stand on my own two feet if I was ever going to find the relationship that I knew I really wanted
0: right. Now, now the TikTok, as you know, I'm a huge fan of your TikTok videos. I, you know, I have to, I have to wonder with these TikTok videos, since you've been through it yourself, are, is doing these videos cathartic for you? Do you feel like a sense of like, I don't know, almost therapeutic?
1: So. Yeah. I, well, it gives me a sense of purpose, right? It almost makes me feel like it was for something. Having right. me going through all of the, yeah. that turmoil and all of that pain, was because now right. I can share my my knowledge and my wisdom and and help other people and so it, it does it gives me that sense of purpose
0: right 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 mm-hmm. totally um so you're in a relationship now I am I'm married. Oh congratulations now, so, <laughs> now I was gonna ask like are you ready to be married how's that relationship yes. so so um what was it like deciding to get divorced for the second time versus the first time?
1: So the first time, the scary the scary part the first time was because we had a daughter. And, you know, divorce is scary. People, stress yeah. is very high. People are very overwhelmed. There's a lot of unknown factors. And so I was just more concerned of, well, what's going to happen with my daughter? Um, right. Luckily, we were able to have a very amicable, amicable divorce, and we were able to work things out. Um, with the second one, the difference, well, number one, I think I was a little more hesitant with the second one because it was a second one because it was like, Oh my God, like, am I really doing this again? What are people going to think? What does this mean for me? Right. And it really was more of an internal struggle. Uh, So I think that was the the main difference between the first and the second.
0: So what do you, what do you think the cause was for the breakup of the relationships? Are there things that you look back and you say, Hey, this is, this is a sign I should have seen. This is, and these were the root causes.
1: Yes, it was. I was starting relationships for the wrong reasons. I was getting into relationships for for the completely wrong reasons. And so it wasn't necessarily the person I married. It wasn't their fault. But if I knew myself better, I would have been able to choose a more compatible partner for me.
0: Right, right. And uh, what steps did you take to heal after those relationships? Now, now I get the sense that the the second divorce, you really took the right steps and presumably yeah. there was some different. But was there an evolutionary process? Because I would imagine you learned something from the first divorce like we do in life with anything. You learn something mm-hmm. from the first divorce You learn something from the second. And then maybe there's mm-hmm. an epiphany that gets you to like the real place you need to be.
1: Yeah, it was the second. After the first one, I really didn't, I just wanted to move forward. I, I did. I just wanted to like feel better, move forward. I wasn't really doing any work on myself. Right. And after the second one, that was my, that was when I really like did a deep dive. And I I got really heavily into meditation so that I could cultivate self-awareness um, because I feel like that is a, the key to so many things is when you can understand why you do the things you do. And, um, I spent a lot of time alone and just finding ways to fulfill myself and finding ways to shift that negative voice in my head, right? All that negative self-talk that can happen and you can get caught in there. And so a lot of just practice time and practice to, to shift those conversations I was having with myself so that I could get to a self, a place where I felt comfortable with myself and I could feel grounded with my life and not feel like I needed anyone to fill any kind of void anymore.
0: Right. Right. And I think even even with the meditation and even with just like um, just taking the time to like self-reflect, just take the time to just step back and catch your breath. I mean, I think everything's always going a million miles an hour. Sometimes people just don't take that time to really just just reflect about things.
1: Totally. Yeah. And that's why journaling can be really effective too. some people. You know, they they're like, yeah, yeah, I wrote a couple of things down, but it's really it could be so therapeutic to get to yeah. get your thoughts out on paper. And then what's cool about it is you can go back and see the progress that you've made and where you were, where your head was at, you know, six months ago, 12 months ago. And because and, you forget, you don't, you forget right. really how far you come sometimes.
0: Right. For sure. For sure. So what do you do as a divorce recovery coach? And how do you think that helps people get through it?
1: So I work one-on-one with women. it's all through zoom. And what I do is I, I help them figure out exactly where they are now. So what things do they need the most support with? And then I give them actionable steps. So it's, it's like, okay, where, where are you struggling? Where do you want to go? let's get you there. And with each session, we can kind of work, you know, I give them homework to do or different tools or activities that they can do at home, so Mm -hmm. that the next time we meet, they've made progress. And then we kind of jump those hurdles together until they get to a place where they're feeling confident and empowered and excited about the next chapter of their life. Because yes, a divorce is an ending, but it's a totally a beginning. I mean, you could create an amazing life. And so I want them to see all of the possibilities that can come from being divorced.
0: Right. Absolutely. So why only women? Why do you work with women specifically?
1: <laughs> well, well, cause when you own your own business, you can do what you want. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think just because of my story and my experience and, yeah. and I, I know what it's like to, to be, um, a divorced mom and, and, right. and I, I wanted to, you know, be able to help women with the things that I know that I struggled with. Right. Um, and another reason too is I, I have a private uh, Facebook group for women. Right. And I wouldn't be able to run that and, and have that for them if I were able to let men in as well, because yeah. then it could get messy. Like, I don't know if it's their exes that are coming into the right. to the group, but they wouldn't right. be able to express things or ask questions in the same way. So I kind of wanted to make sure that that was a safe space for them as well.
0: Well, and you know what I find in my work? I think, um, you know, I I say maybe it's tougher for women. And and listen, I, I know it's going to sound like I'm pigeonholing and generalizing and yet to a certain degree I am. But on average, I just feel like the women that i've dealt with in this process they tend to take responsibility for everyone they're yes, the nurturer totally. they're the fixer they're that they they need to be all things to everyone and in that way that when there's a failure of the i say failure but when the relationship mm-hmm. breaks right if there's mm-hmm. a fracture in the relationship the family breaks up they they take that on as their responsibility I totally. think even I think on average, not not across the board, but on average, more than men do, they internalize that sense of guilt, that sense of failure. And I think in a way the the split of a marriage can be tougher for women. So I think do you find that in working with women and find that it's a very unique situation that they're dealing with different from even just dealing with men?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so. And I agree, because, you know, even at a young age, we are taught as women to serve, right? Like, we're there yeah. to to serve and to be there and to make sure yeah. that everybody else is okay. And everyone else has everything that they need in the family. Right. And, and we do we we hold the the responsibility of maintaining all of our relationships really on yeah. our shoulders. And so they do definitely uh, internalize that and they they harbor that guilt and that shame. And um, I think society can be a little rough and 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 judgmental. And, and that definitely can take a toll on you, you know, emotionally. And so they do. They, they need the support.
0: Yep. And it's a funny thing. I'll share a story of a conversation I had with my wife the other day. Kids have half day. Right. We find out we didn't really know, you know, keep trying to keep track of the schedule. It's busy at the end of the year. And, um, you know, my wife's like, well, they have a half day. I'll take care of it. I'll do this. And I said, I said, why, why does that need to be you? Why does that always need to be you? And I didn't mean it as a knock. I was like, you know, that that can be me just as much as it can be you to have mm-hmm. to deal with when the kids are sick or there's up. But I think there is that thing, that nurturer, that fixer, that that I'm there, the protector for everything. And um, and it's a and it's a huge weight to bear. Yeah, so.
1: definitely. Yeah, definitely.
0: So how do we stop women from internalizing that? As a fracture of the relationship, and and I know that's I know that can be a long-winded answer to what seemingly a pretty simple and direct question. But how do we yeah. stop women from internalizing this sense of guilt, the sense of failure when the family or the the marriage fractures?
1: Time. And practice, you know, it's not something that happens overnight. And it's something you have to be really intentional about. And that goes back to that internal dialogue. What story are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself you're a failure? Are you telling yourself you should have done this? Or what if I did this? Or I could have done this differently. So you have to forgive yourself and accept that you did the best you could, yeah. which is the truth. Women, you know, right. no, no woman I have ever met woke up one morning and just decided to get a divorce for no reason. That was right. something that they had been thinking about on average, two years it takes yeah. to take people. So this is something that they've been thinking about a long time and torturing themselves over. So you've got to just say, listen, I did the best I could. And this yep. is just how things panned out. Sometimes sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. And so when you can forgive yourself and just accept things, you, you can start to kind of shed that skin and, and move forward a little a little bit more.
0: Yeah. So so I know that you're big on saying got to do the work, right? Oh, people are always saying well, you yeah. got to do the work to get through the to, through that process uh, before getting into another relationship. When you say do the work, what do you mean by that?
1: yeah. Anything that is required for you to feel better, to know yourself, to find confidence, to stand on your own two feet. So that could be therapy. You may need yeah. to see a therapist. That could be like doing the journaling or the meditation, helping yourself cultivate that self awareness, challenging your beliefs, challenging your values, asking right. yourself, you know, reflecting on those relationships and and what role you played. Not to say that you're at fault, but you played a role. So what was that? And what things do you right. not want to repeat in the future? What, what, what people do you want to make sure you're not shacking up with again in the future? Just all of that reflection and uh, the self-awareness and figuring out who you are and being right. okay with that. You, everything starts within every relationship you have in your life starts with the relationship you have with yourself. So you've got to make that a good one if you want to have good ones outside of yourself.
0: Yeah. Wow. For all the people that aren't listening in the back, uh, you've got to absolutely know yourself first. That's the relationship with yourself is the starting point. And in and, and reality, you know, it's, it's funny because you have these conversations on the podcast about relationships and marriage and divorce and stuff like that. And I think a lot of it is about life as much as it's about anything else. The relationships are pieces of it. And sometimes they're professional relationships or business relationships or marriages or friendships. They all start from that relationship with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. So how does someone know if they need a therapist or a divorce recovery coach after divorce? And now I'll, I'll prepare you in advance. I believe this is a trick question because I have a very strong opinion <laughs> about
1: that. So you might, people might not know. And so you can always get consultations. I mean, that's the greatest, you know, with me, it's free consultation. I I think with therapists, you can at least have some kind of a conversation before they start charging you. Um, But you have to just know where you're stuck or or, or at least have some questions. Listen, I don't like that I do this. I don't like where I'm at. Here's where I want to go. What do I need? So for me, the way that I usually explain the difference is coaching is very future focused. So if, if you need support, if you have a goal and you need support getting yourself there, a coach can help you step by step. You think of that in a, in a, in a game, you know, a basketball coach, like what do they do? Like they're there to, to help you achieve that goal. They're there right. to give you specific things that you can do and, and help you get there. Therapy is, um, we also are more of like a consultant. So we're, we're allowed to like talk and tell you what to do. And right. I feel like a lot of therapists are more listeners. Um, but therapy can be things like are you dealing with childhood trauma, inner child stuff? Are you dealing right. with things that kind of happened in the past that you still might be stuck on that you have to work through or resolve? Um, that would be then like work with a therapist, somebody who can like diagnose things like depression or anxiety um, or somebody who you know maybe you need a script for something to, to help you through a difficult time that you're having. That would be a therapist.
0: right. And, and the, the, here's here's my view of the world there. I think everyone, needs to have a full team of help in every single one of these cases. I'll I'll give you a a piece of advice on these sorts of cases or anybody that's listening. Divorce cases, divorce litigation cases would basically all be flat fees, about $5,000 if we cut all of the emotion, all of the relationship baggage, all of the angst and all the unaddressed issues that you brought into the whole process to begin with. And that's above my pay grade. That's not what I do. The therapist does that. The coach does that. And I think if you can cut because with divorce cases, they tend to be 90 percent emotions and 10 percent real legal work. Mm -hmm. So if you seek out those experts in the field to assist you with the emotional piece, and if everyone did that, the legal aspects are so simple once you sort those aspects out.
1: That makes sense. Yeah, I always tell my clients, assemble your Avengers. Like yes. you, you don't have to do this alone. Like get your team, get the support. If you need a therapist, if you need a coach, if you need both, join a community, you know, because right. divorce can be so isolating. It's not often that you're going through a divorce and you also know people in your life that are going through it at the same time. Right. So and you can feel very isolated. So get it, get a support group, reach out to people who yeah. get it and who have been there. Uh, but at, yeah, everybody, at least at one point in their life should have a therapist. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I have had several yes. you know, throughout my journey. I think this is wonderful. And I, again, it helps cultivate self-awareness.
0: Right. And I think, it, like you said before, what's the worst thing that would happen if you spoke to a therapist and they said, hey, you're on the right track? Yeah. Then, you know, mentally moving forward, you have that peace of mind to say, hey, OK, I'm on the right path because sometimes mm-hmm. it just takes time.
1: Sure.
0: But the worst case scenario there is, hey, they say you don't need me.
1: Best mm-hmm. case scenarios,
0: you really do need the help and you're getting the help that you need that helps you get through the process. So. yeah. Um, talk to me about the relationship readiness formula.
1: Yeah, so um, it's it's basically three main elements that I that I broke everything down to, to, to make to make it easier for my clients. So the first element is again, addressing the things that are keeping you stuck, which is mostly mindset stuff, like inner right. game, right? guilt, right. shame, feelings of failure. Because when we can get you to kind of over that hump, that's when you're going to find acceptance, more inner peace, your confidence is going to build, you're going to start gaining that momentum. The second element of that is narrowing down where you need the most support. So for me, for example, it was being alone. I just didn't know how to do that. And I knew I needed to figure that out before I thought about jumping into another relationship. Because again, I was learning the hard way over and over. Right. Figuring out where you need the most support. And then the third is gaining clarity. Who are you? What do you want? Like, what are your deal breakers? Because especially if you've been married for a long time, that's a piece of your identity that you feel like you're losing. And so when you're coming out of that relationship, it's like, now what? Like, who am I? And so you've got to know that stuff before you're going to start bringing people into your life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The who am I is... Totally. One hundred percent. And it's funny because, you know, I talk about this before on my podcast. You know, I think there's so many people out there walking around. They don't have the slightest clue who they are. Forget about divorce. Forget about relationships just in general. And I think we don't um, as a society, encourage people, support them and actually taking time to discover exactly who they are, what they want out of life, what their view of the world is. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of time, though, a lot of reflection, a lot of um, what do I want to say? Uh, internalize in, internally evaluating yourself.
1: Let's, yes, I can't think yes. of the word, but. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so there's a quiz on your website called the relationship readiness quiz. How did you develop that quiz? Because I love it, by the way. Just interrupt. Yeah. I, I think it's awesome.
1: <laughs> so basically, by thinking of you know taking that that formula and breaking it down into questions. So um, you know, are you? Lo- it's, it's helping people understand their intention. So why do you want a relationship? Is it because you're lonely? That's not a good reason, right? Do right. you know yourself? Do you trust yourself? Do you trust right. your judgment? Um, so it's, it's breaking things down so, so that they can ask themselves questions that they may not have thought about before and to kind of give them some insight on where they're at and what kinds of things they still need to work on before they consider hopping into a relationship.
0: And what's the goal of that? I mean, I know other than the obvious, the obvious is to prepare you for a relationship, but there but there are also other goals, I think, accomplished by that. No.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's bringing that awareness to you. It's it's helping you kind of narrow down what kinds of things you might still want to bring your attention to and work on or practice. Or again, that internal dialogue, what conversations do you have with yourself because when you can do that and you know what kinds of things you need to work on and what you need to focus on, that kind of gives you a goal. Okay, I know that I still need to kind of play a little bit around with this before before I you know hop on that dating app and, and get a profile going.
0: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And why do you think it's so important to take the quiz?
1: Because I... One of the most common mistakes that I see women make are h- hopping into a relationship too soon. So I think that yeah. that helps them kind of put on the brakes. And again, like they're asking themselves questions they might not have yeah. thought about. You know, there's lots of reasons that people jump right into a relationship. Divorces are very stressful. So, uh, you know, starting to date again is a great distraction. It just gets you get your mind off of it. Usually your confidence is down the toilet after a divorce. So if you need a self-esteem boost, what's better than like getting some attention by somebody who wants to take you out, right? Right. Um, Usually you're feeling lonely. And so, well, I don't want to feel lonely. So I'm going to just start going out and do it. So there's lots of reasons that people would want to do that. But those are all the wrong reasons yeah. to start a relationship that's not a good foundation, right? Because then what you're doing is you're setting yourself up for things like codependency or when you have to seek that external validation or, or yeah. fill that those voids within yourself with somebody else, that's what gets you in trouble. And you're more likely to settle. You're more likely to wind up in relationships that really aren't great, but that you're afraid to leave because then if you leave, you go back to, well, I'm feeling lonely, well, my self-esteem sucks. So you've right. got to do that stuff First, and get yourself happy and fulfilled, and just love yourself and, and love your life. And then you're in the ideal position to bring another person into your life because you can have those standards, set those boundaries, and then know your deal
0: breakers. Right. And I think something like that, I think taking a quiz like that, causing you to really self reflect because look, it would seem ordinarily from the average person, oh, this is logical. I'm lonely find a relationship. I need a confidence boost. Hey, this you know, this this handsome man or this beautiful woman wants to go out to dinner with me or whatnot. Totally makes sense, right? You're filling a need. It would be the logical knee jerk reaction. But we're finding that that's probably not the healthiest way to enter right back into it because you might end up right. making more mistakes. Right.
1: Right. And maybe
0: the same ones over and over again.
1: Yes. Which which happens all the time. And that was my that was me. I never really stopped. Right. I just kept going. And right. I was like, well, I'm lonely. Well, I can't be alone. Well, i so right. that's what you right,
0: have right. to do. Yeah. Right. So as you know, I love the TikTok videos. What's tell me, talk to me a little bit about your TikTok videos. What What's the most popular one?
1: <laughs> the most popular one is probably the dance one with the you know saying "f off." And um,
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: But really, what the ones that resonate a lot are are reassuring women that just because you've been divorced doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. I think that. Yeah it happens all the time like they think oh my god like i can't you know i've been divorced twice now what there's something wrong with me i'm unlovable or i'm not worthy or i'm i'm broken i'm damaged right i'm i, I have so much baggage right. there's nothing wrong with you right things happened to you right, right that that made you the person you are or have the struggles that you have and so those are the things that you want to address so you can be healthy and you can be happy and you can make yourself fulfilled and then you can find the right person because we date at the same level as our self-esteem. So wherever you're at, those are the kind of people you're gonna be drawing in, and those are the kind of people that you're gonna be settling down with. And so the more you can get your self-esteem up and, and raise that vibration, those are the kinds of people you're gonna be attracting into your life.
0: We date at the level of our self-esteem. I love that. Wow, powerful words, definitely true too. Um So it's funny because when I do the TikTok videos, as you know, I do a bunch of them and there's a lot that I do that are super, super popular. But even the ones that the ones that aren't the most popular tend to be the ones, in my opinion, people need to hear more. What do you think the most important video you have on TikTok right now? The most important video for our recently divorced ladies to watch. What's the most important one? I think
1: I think the most important one is is the one that I did recently where I'm telling my story about how, even though I've been divorced twice, I remind myself to not pay attention to what other people think, because that can really get into your, into your mindset. Um, And, and to be careful with your, your internal dialogue, because it's, you know, it's talked about all the time, but I think people don't realize how much that affects their choices and how they feel. And so just reminding yourself, listen, if just because this person would have never gotten divorced or they think, oh, well, if you've been divorced twice, it must be your fault. It must be you. You're the problem, right? Like you get that a lot. But so it's just reminding yourself, you know what? Like don't pay attention to what anybody thinks. This is your life. You're the one that's got to live it. You're the one that has to, you know, be with this person day in and day out. And if it's not working, if if you are with somebody that is not a good teammate for you, you got to do something about it. Don't yeah. worry about what other people are going to
0: think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And by the way, if you don't like it, fuck off. Right. <laughs> Excuse my French. But I, I got to be honest yes. with you. That's part of what I love about your videos, too, is it's just being unabashed about. I'm going to own this. I'm going to take control of this. It's about me now. I don't need to apologize to anybody. I don't need to feel mm-hmm. guilty about anything. I'm going to take it over and own it. And it's me. And by the way, if you don't like it, you know, we can that's go, right. Sort of thing. I don't need you. Yeah. Right. And right. those are
1: not your people. I think that's another thing to remind yourself, like the people who are super judgmental, who just don't understand or don't agree with you. Fine. And th- th- those are not your people. Like you right. have to constantly tune into yourself and stay in alignment and do the things that make the most sense for you. And that's not going to look the same for everybody.
0: Right. So some people say, which I hate, of course, oh, divorce is the easy. And you see the comments, I'm sure, on my on my TikTok videos. Some people say divorce is the easy way out. You're just taking the easy way out. Talk to me yeah. about that. I, I can tell so, just by the expression on your face that we share <laughs> the same opinion on this. I
1: bet those people have never been through a divorce, number oh, one. Oh, for sure. Um, and number two, yeah, it's if you Google what is the most difficult thing a human being can experience in their lifetime, divorce is always in the top five. It is one of the hardest things that you can do. And it's, sometimes it takes years to, to recover from a divorce. And so it's definitely something that is, there's so much turmoil, emotional turmoil and internal turmoil. In addition to your whole life being uprooted, you know, you probably have to move, you might have to get a new job. I mean, it, it, there's so much change and yeah. so many transitions that have to take place in order for you to do that sometimes that it is it is extremely difficult. Hence, you gotta assemble your Avengers, right? Because yeah. it is so hard and it's absolutely not the easy way out. Um, you 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 want to make sure that you have that support so that you don't feel like you're doing it alone.
0: Yes, absolutely. So clearly we share the same opinion there for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So you say pay attention to how you speak to yourself. Talk to me about that. Tell me why that's so important. Yeah,
1: because that's how you show up in the world. If you if that little voice inside of your head is telling you things that are not supportive or not compassionate then you are going to be feeling like you can't do things or you're not worthy of certain things and so it's reminding yourself every single day and that's why i love affirmations so much i'm always talking about affirmations i'm always calling my clients affirmations um because what happens is throughout our life, we we get this negative feedback from society or from relationships or from parents or different relationships. And it kind of, it grows in our mind and then that becomes an internal dialogue. So in order to kind of train your subconscious to, to shift back into positive, you have to just tell yourself things that you might not even believe yet. I am beautiful. I am strong. Right. I am worthy. I deserve good things. Right. Even if you don't believe them that's, Speak them, speak them, speak them until you start believing them again, because that's the same thing that happened. You had somebody telling you, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're not worthy, and then you believed it. So you right. got to start undoing that. And then your internal dialogue is really what impacts all of your choices and how you feel and who you are and how you, sh- you, sh- you show up into the world.
0: Right. It's funny. There's a famous quote, and I don't remember who the person is from. It's famous athlete or 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 or, um, politician or something like that. And and they asked this person, you know, how did you ever think you could accomplish this thing? This great one of these great things that they'd accomplished. And their response was because nobody ever told me I couldn't. Mm, That's so good because you're always thinking you can't. Well, not me. I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I can't do this. I can't do yet. Yeah. So the shift is, uh,
1: yeah. So what are and some telling steps? yourself that yeah. it'll work out. That's the other thing. It's like, yeah. it's like there's, you could sit there yeah. and think of a million reasons why you would fail or right. why it wouldn't work out. But if you can tell yourself, no, I'm going to do it and it will work out. And because yes. even if, even if it doesn't, well, then it's okay. What did I learn from this? And what can I take from this that I can bring to the next thing? Because people right. aren't afraid of failure. They're afraid of people seeing
0: them fail. Ooh, true. It's so it's funny. I'll tell you a little story. When I first started uh, trying cases um, years ago, I mean, I'm practicing 22 years. So 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 maybe about fourth year in, I started trying cases on a regular basis. And I was before a really difficult judge. And he used to lay into you if you didn't do a good job on something. And I and I analyzed that after the fact. I said to myself, why am why is it so upsetting to me? Because I would argue back and forth with the judge. I wasn't intimidated at all. And that was what it was because we had a public courtroom. So it was open. All of my colleagues would sit there and watch. And that's what bothered me. Yeah. Not the doing, not the not reaching exactly what I wanted to get to, not arguing with the judge, not feeling like I could have done a better job. The fact that everybody else was watching. That's what bothered me.
1: Embarrassment or shame or yes. um, Rejection, that kind of stuff. Yeah, right.
0: Absolutely. So what are some steps you can give our listeners to help them stop talking negatively to themselves?
1: Use affirmations. So you could, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of them on the internet. So I would recommend finding the ones that resonate most with you because everybody has, everyone's at a different point in their journey. So they may need support in specific places more than others. So find ones that resonate and then put it in your routine. When you wake up in the morning, speak these affirmations write them down on post-its, put them on your mirror, put them in your car, put them on your desk, put them on your phone, put them places where you can see all the time and continue to speak those things. Because that helps, again, your subconscious and trains your subconscious to kind of soak that stuff up. And it changes your belief system. So making sure that you are doing things that also cultivate self-awareness. So like mindfulness and meditation, which can be intimidating. I know if you've never done it, but it's very, very simple. You just have to to practice. That kind of, when you can cultivate that, that mindfulness, then you're more aware of your thoughts. Because if you're just functioning on like autopilot mode, then you're not even aware of what's going on up in your head. You have to first bring your attention to your thoughts and cultivate that self-awareness so that you know what's going on up there. And if you hear that voice, you can say, well, no, I don't have to listen to it. One of the things that I, I tell my clients is name it, name that voice. So for me, that negative Nancy up there, she's Maxine. She's real thoughty, <laughs> not very supportive. And so right. when I hear her talking, I can I can like say, you know, I know it makes it sound crazy or whatever, but I can. It, it separates you from your thoughts. So just right. because a thought comes up, doesn't mean that you have to believe it or that it's right. true. So right. you can name that voice and separate it so that you can just ignore it. You don't have to listen, and you can decide to think something else or to just affirm that you know with those affirmations instead.
0: Oh, that's great. That's really great. So, you have a few videos about not dwelling on your ex, such as blocking your ex's number, social media, et cetera, telling your friends to shut the fuck up. By the way, yes. I, again, I love that <laughs> refrain, by the way, when it comes to updating you about your ex's new relationships. Why do you think that's so healthy and so important for people to do?
1: Because if you don't, you're going to stay stuck. You, if you want to move forward, you can't stay obsessed with what's going on with the person you're trying to break up with, right? right. If you want to move forward, stop stalking their social media. Try to just block them. You, you know, if you sometimes you can't if you share children, but find ways to just completely limit the conversation to only whatever is absolutely necessary. Right. And yes, you do not need updates on what's going on with their life. Tell your friends to stop doing it. I don't right. need to know who you saw them at a bar with. I don't need to have updates on what's going on right. um, because you want to sh- you want to get your mind out of that relationship and in- onto yourself because whatever you're paying attention to. That's where your energy is going. So you don't want it on your ex. You want it on you. So bring it, bring it in and start focusing on what you can do to move forward. You know, so one of the things that I that I like to say is there's, there's two questions you can you can ask yourself. Does this help me or does this hinder me? And so mm. that is with anything. So before before you go looking at their their Facebook page or texting them, you know, or sending them an email, ask stop for a second. And ask yourself, okay, is this going to help me or is this going to hinder me? If your right. goal is to move forward, then you know the answer is this is this is not going to help me. So then it's something that I just shouldn't even participate in.
0: Right, right. Yes. So I think learning how to live well alone, not, not to be lonely, but to be comfortable with yourself is like super, super important. And look, it's funny because... I, I did an interview a while ago with somebody who wrote a book who'd been through the divorce process, and uh, and she had said that one of her friends said, this isn't a lot. This isn't a book about divorce. This is a book about life. And I think you're going to find with a lot of the advice you give, get, you know, kind of recovering through the divorce process, getting through it is really important life advice, um, but I think it's so important everyone, for everyone, everyone, especially divorcees, to really learn how to be comfortable being with yourself, not being lonely, but be comfortable being with yourself. Yeah. How does one work through loneliness instead of jumping into another relationship right after their divorce? And I think that's like the million dollar question, because yeah. again, it's so hard.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different things that you can do. One of the one of the important things is don't run away from that loneliness, like Feel the feelings, first of all. Don't try to immediately um, pacify that, that emotion. So f- feel the feelings. Where is that coming from? What's going on? Right. Um, and then finding ways to fulfill yourself. So get a creative outlet. Right, whether it's you like to do music or you like to you want to make some origami or like you want to join that dance class or pick up that camera and do some photography, what are the things that you kind of had a little interest in but never pursued? Now's the time, do the thing, right? Right. And call, you know, nurture those relationships in your life. So friends, maybe that you hadn't spent a lot of time with, or family that you haven't, you know, visited as often as you wanted to, cultivate that kind of those kinds of relationships. Um, one of the other things that I, I encourage people to do is volunteer because Ooh. when you can spend time helping the less fortunate, that should will give you some perspective, right? Yeah. Because no matter how, not only does it make you feel good, but no matter what is going on in your life, it could always be worse, yes. always. And so when you can do things like that, that help cultivate gratitude that changes your perspective. Um, I would go to downtown and and hand uh, so there was a shelter downtown. I went with my friends and we would like hand out food and, man, like then I would come home. My bed was never more comfortable. my right? like i I, I was like so grateful for the food I had in my refrigerator. It, it just brings, it gives you perspective and it makes you think of the if you feel gratitude for things that you normally completely, take for granted. And so that's really important too. Um, And getting, you know, get in nature, get physical, like do exercise, get the endorphins going. Like there's a lot of good things that you can start adding into your life to help you make it more full and to make yourself happy. Because when you can do that and you don't feel like you need someone to give that to you, Man, it's like smooth sailing, right? It's like yeah. then, then yeah. when you, if you do decide you want a relationship, you know it's for the right reasons. You know that if the relationship doesn't feel right or if it's not working out, you can, you can leave, you, and you, right. you're not going to hesitate because you know that you're good on your own, right? right? And or if you start dating, you know the dating arena can get pretty messy. So if somebody, if somebody ghosts you, or if you have a terrible first date it's not going to send you spiraling into the couch with like, you know, a, a depressed depressive episode and like right. some hot and dogs. You're going to be like well, you're lost. Right. I'm good. I don't need right.
0: it. Right. Yeah, it's funny because one of the earliest pieces that I did on TikTok had something along this line. Just a list of like, hey, if you're going through the divorce process, you're 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 about to go into it. You're in it or even you're through it and recovering from it. Read a book, yeah. join a club. You know, go back to the gym that you haven't been in eons, you know, have have coffee with a friend, visit a place you've never been before. And one of the things I said is it doesn't need to be a ten thousand dollar trip to Tahiti. Maybe it's just a hike on the local hiking trails for a half an hour. Totally. And
1: or do it yourself. Take yourself out for coffee. coffee. Right. Take yourself out for dinner. Right. Take yourself that nice meal. Like you don't need somebody else to do it for you. Right. Go, 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 go for a weekend somewhere and get a, you know, an Airbnb and just relax by yourself.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So sharing custody your kids doesn't make you a part time mom. I think we agree on that. In fact, you th- uh, you think it can actually be a positive thing. I think that's something a lot of moms really, really need to hear because the fixer, the fixer, the nurturer, here it comes, the guilt. I've got to be everything to everyone. I've got to be with my kids all the time. I'm failing all of these things. Moms really need to hear that. Um, what do you think the benefit is of that? I mean, why do moms need to hear that so much right now other than the obvious?
1: Yeah, other than, yeah, they feel ter- terrible guilt. Um, but, you know, nobody plans on that. When you have children, you're not having them anticipating that you're only going to get them half of the time, right? right? So you're before a divorce, you're not really prepared for that. So that can right. be really hard. And especially if you're already dealing with some loneliness when you're coming out of a relationship, then when your kids are gone for a day or a weekend or a week, you're like, I don't, you know, I don't even know what to do with myself now because my kids right. are here. So it's important to remember that you, that is you time now. You know, you can't do anything about it, right? This is the situation. You have to accept what is, number one, so that you can move forward. Um, But number two, so now this is an opportunity for you to reflect on that relationship. How are you doing as a mom? What kinds of things do you want to work on, right? It gives you time. It gives you space because when you're you're a full-time mom, which I was before the divorce, that shit's nonstop, right? It is nonstop, Right. right? You're just going, 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 going. So I feel like one of the benefits of having those breaks is you get to spend time on yourself. You get to nurture yourself, fill up your cup and reflect on that relationship. And it helps you improve the relationship and, and who you are as a mom. And then you're re- right. like recharged, ready to go, excited. You know, your kids are back and then you make the most of it and you can spend really quality time with them.
0: Yeah. And I think what happens I sp- and this is and as I've always said this, a lot of this is life advice. It's it really just goes for all the parents, especially moms post-divorce, because you feel like you need to be all of these things. You need to do all of these things. And if I'm not, if I'm not at every soccer game, if I'm not at every baseball game, if I'm not with them 100 percent of the time, if I don't make every lunch, I'm failing. I'm a bad parent. Right. It's my fault. I've done some, something wrong. But the reality is I've always felt like you need to take that time for you. If you don't take that time to to focus on you, to recharge you, to be the better you. How could you possibly be the best parent you want to be? You need that time. Yeah, it's like
1: the the airplane theory, right? When that plane is going down, who do they tell you to put the oxygen mask on first?
0: Not your kid. Yeah. Can't help anybody if you don't help yourself first, for sure. Um, Can you give us three tips? that recently divorced women who are recovering from a divorce could work on?
1: Yeah. Get support. You're not alone, whether that be, you know, joining a group or getting a therapist or getting a coach, right? Get support to help you through it. Um, Another thing is start focusing on you and your, your healing journey. So reading the self-help books, doing the journaling, listening to the podcast, doing the things that help give you some perspective and, and help you work on you so that you can start improving. Um, And then number three is, is working on that inner voice, making sure that your own thoughts are supportive and compassionate and accepting and loving Speak to yourself the way that you would speak to one of your best friends that you care about. Don't be so hard on yourself. That's not going to help you. It's not going to get you anywhere. It's important for you to support yourself with kind, loving, compassionate conversation.
0: Yeah, for sure. So can you give us, can you give our listeners an inspirational or motivational quote? Uh, if they're going through the process, I'm big on quotes. I don't know if yeah. Debbie had mentioned when you guys were speaking. Yes. but I'm, I'm big on quotes because I feel like they're super important. You know, even just you see here, it all starts with a dream. Yes. I, I feel like it, it will resonate with people and leaves them something to hang on to and remember about the process. Yes. So, Inspirate favorite inspirational quote for uh, women going through the divorce process.
1: So one of my favorite quotes that I've heard years and years ago, even probably before my divorce, but it still holds true is um, Anything you can conquer in the mind can be conquered in the real world.
0: Okay. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one for so sure. So true. So you also offer a private Facebook group called Divorced and Empowered. I know we we touched on it earlier. Tell me more about that, please.
1: Yeah. So I had been a part of several Facebook groups um, kind of along my journey and, you know, divorce, divorce, Facebook groups and things like yeah. that. And what I found was a lot of it consisted of people venting, right? Or complaining about their ex or he did this and I can't believe it. And I'm going through this and which is fine because you need an outlet to do that, especially with other people who get it. Right. For sure. But I wanted to create a space that was more about empowerment, more about self-help, more about inspiration and support and funny, right? Like I wanted people to be able to go in there and like feel better. And so that's really what that group is. We talk, we talk about like the healing process and self-help and we tell our stories and our successes and we have people share where they are in their journey and what kinds of things that they're worried about or what kinds of things they were proud of themselves for. Um, You know, I, I love when people post about, um, You know, I just, I just decorated my own house. Like I just bought my own house and I just decorated it. Like, look at my kitchen. Don't you love it? Right. Like I love seeing everybody's success stories at, in, in a place that's a safe, judgment-free, supportive community where you can connect with other women who get it, who are going through the same thing.
0: Yeah. Wow. That sounds really helpful. It, it's funny because uh, one of the other uh, podcasts I did, we were talking to the lady that I interviewed uh, for the book. She was talking about post-divorce, how she took her living room and took her bedroom and changed the way it looked and changed the paint and changed this. And she says, I basically readjusted my life in the way that I wanted it. And what she was referring to was the paint in the walls and the pictures and this and that. And I said, but even if you look at it symbolically, it's almost like post-divorce. You are now changing your life into what you want. It's not just the house. It's not just the paint.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes, and your environment can make a huge difference in how you yeah. feel. Like being able to make it your own, it does. It's a it's a shift. It's a, it's a, almost a spiritual thing sometimes.
0: Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so where can our listeners find you? The TikTok, the website, um, anything on Instagram, the, the relationship readiness quote. I want people to be able to find you and, and be able to access your resources and see what you have out there because it's really super, super helpful.
1: Yes, so you can go to mindfullyready.com. That's my website you can book a free consultation call with me if you want to just talk to me a little bit about what's going on see if coaching is the right fit for you right now you can find a quiz on there as well you can join the facebook group from there as well and then i'll yeah i'm on instagram i'm on tiktok Uh, my handle is at mindfully ready
0: okay excellent and again i know i've said it before i love the TikTok. so so you know somebody asked me the other day uh on one of my TikTok videos well how do you deal with the haters and I just put in big caps, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, U. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> thank you great. for that. And you were so <laughs> passionate about that video. You were so into it. It was so awesome. Um, so thank you, Leah Marie, so much for coming on the show. This was so great. I'm sure my listeners really benefited from your expertise. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As always, the Divorce Stories with your host, Dennis Fetrano. Um, Have a great day. I'll see you again next time. Take care. Bye-bye.